0: Good morning, everybody. I suppose I should say good afternoon or good evening, depending on where it is or when it is that you're listening. I'm Scott. And I'm Brad. I'd like to welcome
1: you to this introductory podcast that we call Not About Us. Today, we're going to tell you a little bit about who we are, what this podcast is all about, and why we're doing it. But before we get started with that, we want to acknowledge you. You, the listener, and thank you for joining us on this discovery of the hidden truths of God. It's going to be a treasure hunt for sure. You know, David Crowder has a song called Praise the Lord. There's a reason why I'm sharing this with you, because it's truth to us, and it explains our relationship and our chase of God so well. We both highly recommend that you listen to this song to understand more about where we're coming from. But there is a lyric I'm going to highlight with you right now. No, I've tried and I've tried to know everything for sure, but I find I know less as I come to know you more. You're not who I thought you were. Praise the Lord.
0: I love that song.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it really does hit where we are In our chase, trying to know more about who God really is, not who we want him to be, not who man says he is. I love the Lord. It really, really does excite me to learn more about who he really is, about who he says he is. You know, Scott and I are both truth seekers and truth examiners who have both, like all of you, been misled before many times. So we are working on knowing our Savior, the best source of truth, and it is our hope that we can encourage others to do the same. It is most definitely worth it. And we thank God for being in our lives and changing us for the better. And with that said, we want to invite God in to be the real voice of this podcast because it's really not about us. Heavenly Father, Yahweh, you are the Almighty One. You are the one worthy of praise and worship and honor and glory. We want to celebrate you. Hallelujah. We want to celebrate our relationship with you, and we want to share the things that we have discovered with others in the hope that they too, they too will want to chase and have a relationship with you. Because you know it's worth it. We know it's worth it. God, please, be here with us now. And be the author of this podcast. Scott and I, we just want to be the tool. We want to just be the mic. We want you to be the author. And if God, if we say anything that is not from the Spirit, we curse it. And we don't want it to be planted in the heart's of our listeners. But if we do speak something of truth, if we do speak something from the Spirit, then we hope and we pray that our listeners will feel that in their heart and it'll start something. It'll start their own chase. And I hope that when they're chasing and when they're seeking, they'll share that with others as well. Amen
0: amen thank you for that all right Uh, let's get started so this is going to be a series of podcasts that for the most part uh, are going to dig into the bible so our desire with this is to dive beneath the surface we're going to go deep into scripture hopefully deep into scripture Uh, so right off the bat let's jump in let's give you a small taste of what it is that we're going to do here So, I want to start with Psalm 42.7. Now, the NIV, uh, or New International Version, says, Deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and waves have rolled over me. The HRV, or Hebraic Roots Version, which is what I normally use, says that deep calls unto deep at the voice of your cataracts, All your waves and your billows are gone over me. A cataract, uh, for those of you who don't know, is a large waterfall. So one of the first things that jumped out at me in both of these translations was the intensity of what's going on, as well as this tremendous water imagery. So I looked up the Hebraic roots of the words deep and call, and they intensified that even more the Hebrew word translated here as deep means a surging watery abyss. So we've got a couple things in play here. First of all, the depth that's being referred to in these verses is compared to the bottom of the ocean and not just beneath the surface. Uh, Secondly, one of the things that the watery imagery here refers to is the water of the word and when you combine those two god is telling us he wants us not to just read scripture on a surface level and move on he's not even telling us to put on a snorkel and examine just a couple of feet down he doesn't want us to go just beneath the surface he wants us to go so deep into his word that we look up after a while and we realize we've got a couple of miles of water over our heads in fact, the ISV, or the International Standard Version, says of this verse, deep waters call out to what is deeper still. I love that. I love that imagery right there.
1: I love that, that imagery too, Scott. Yeah. Just it, absolutely amazing that we're, we can spend our whole lives reading the Bible every day, studying it, praying, and we're only going to get so far. There's still so much that can be uncovered.
0: Exactly. Deep waters call out to what is deeper still. Don't ever think you've hit a certain depth and I'm there, I'm arrived. No, there's more. Keep going. But that's just focused on the word deep. So I also mentioned the word call. The word call can mean to call out to someone, like you're getting their attention, which I think... You know, for most of us, is is what we get when we're reading this verse. Is that the way it was for you, Brad?
1: Yeah, I, I that's I, what I would say. I mean, yeah. all of my life, call. You're right. literally calling out to, hey, call, Scott, I'm over here. Calls
0: out to deep. But when you really get in, the Hebrew word also means, that that's used here to translate call, it also means to cry out. It can even mean to accost someone. So these terms carry a weightier, aggressive intensity, which means a proper interpretation of the beginning of this verse could read, a surging, watery abyss cries out to, or accosts, even deeper waters. So this can refer to either God calling us continually deeper into himself but it can also refer to that peace within us that's crying out desperately. It it, it hungrily wants to know God more deeply. And to further emphasize the watery depths that are the focus of this verse, I want you to see the similarity to Jonah 2.3. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your breakers and waves swept over me. And I want to go back really quick. Listen to the similarity there. The end of verse four, Psalm 42:7 says, "All your breakers and waves have rolled over me." Jonah 2:3, "All your breakers and waves swept over me." I mean, it's practically exactly the same verse. Now I'm guessing you all know the story of Jonah, and if you don't. Highly encouraged checking it out. It's a cool story. But when you bring the picture of watery depths from that story over to Psalm forty-two 7, you're beginning to understand how deep God wants you to go. And that's exactly what we're going to attempt to do with each of these podcasts while always understanding that as deep as we may think we're getting, there's always, always going to be greater depths that God wants us to achieve.
1: And... Thank God and praise God for that. He truly is amazing and overwhelming sometimes, but man, it is an awesome experience. The most amazing journey of your life will be getting to know
0: God more. Absolutely.
1: You know, I want to admit something to you right now, though. Doing these podcasts is outside of our comfort zone. How we got to this place and these podcasts really began as just the two of us meeting weekly and Sabbathing. We were praying, encouraging each other, helping each other out, and bringing to each other what God had laid on each of our hearts in the previous week. I've got to tell you, that is really addictive.
0: Yes, absolutely. I,
1: I mean, I would just wait and wait I it was going to explode. I had to share something with you. I just would wait until that day and I'm hoping that you know our listeners will kind of feel that too ultimately I hope that they'll want to share with us but the reason is is because God is love and love needs to share when God would lay that something special in my heart or in our hearts during the week we just couldn't wait and we knew the other person was going to receive it with joy and excitement too
0: and that's an important part of this, uh, knowing that if you were going to come and share something and the other person was going to go, really, again, with this, you know, that would have been so deflating. It was just that encouragement of knowing the other person was, was seeking as much as you. I, and I hope you guys listening, I hope you have someone like that in your lives. And, and if not, I hope we can help with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, so that's partially what this is all about. I believe that it's important, and I am doing this in the hope that God will use Scott and I to be his voice and to help others start chasing their own relationship with him. Which then leads me to another reason why we're doing this. We want to encourage you and show you that you can chase him in the same way that we are. We honestly do not want you to listen to these podcasts and think that we're your teachers, and you're just supposed to sit there blankly and absorb everything we say. There is far too much of that going on in Christendom today. Oh yeah. I've met so many people who feel like there has to be somebody between them and God. They feel that they're too unintelligent, or even worse, they feel unworthy to seek the depths of God themselves. They believe that only certain chosen individuals are given special godly connections and that couldn't be further from the truth. Proverbs 25 two N NIV says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, to search out a matter is the glory of kings. And guess what? This might blow your mind. It blew my mind. You're a king. Yes, we're all here to help each other. But you know what? You're intended to help us as much as we're intended to help you. God's desire and design is that we all learn from each other. We have strengths that you don't, and you have strengths that we don't. Furthermore, each one of us is intended to have a personal, vibrant, living relationship with God that nobody should come between. Thank God he's chasing us, but he wants you to chase him back. It really does not matter if you've known God all of your life or if you have just recently met him. He is worth knowing more and more intimately. I speak from experience when I say it can be overwhelming, powerful, joyful, amazing, and so much more. It is so worth it. And please be encouraged to share your chase with others. You don't need to be in official public ministry. You don't need to be a PhD to find him and to find the depths of who he is and then to bless others with that. The Apostle Paul was a scholar of the highest order, but Peter was an uneducated tough guy. Both are canonized in scripture because both sought God and let him lead them. And that leads us to how we came up with the name of these podcasts. Not About Us. Our heart's desires are for you to ignore everything that comes from us and to embrace everything that comes from the Holy Spirit
0: through us. Now, we're just beginning this, so it may evolve as we go. But for the moment, we have four different series that we're going to be working on. I'm gonna be bringing you my discoveries in Genesis while Brad will be leading you through what God is revealing to him about Revelation. Uh, Now those books that we're studying may change now and then as God leads us, each of us, to potentially different places in scripture, so who knows? If you're listening to this podcast in the year 2023, we might be in Jonah and the Song of Solomon for all I know. But for now, Genesis and Revelation is where we're gonna be. And also from time to time, Uh, Each of us are going to host a general biblical discussion that concerns something that God has revealed to us that falls outside of the exclusive range of whatever book it is that we're currently studying.
1: And lastly, we'll occasionally get together with a current events or just some other podcast that doesn't fit in those categories. We're not sure what we're going to call that yet, but it's meant to be a catch-all where we discuss whatever's on our hearts to talk about at the time that doesn't necessarily involve a Bible study. That's the Sabbath part. That was the part where we would just get something, some bit of insight, some bit of information, or you know, we just would see something pleasant, and we couldn't wait to share it.
0: Maybe that's what we should call it, the Sabbath part. The Sabbath part. There we, go. there we go. I don't know.
1: Figuring things out as we go. Good job. <laughs> um, right now, we are playing with the timing both when podcasts will be released and how long each podcast will be. So hopefully, we'll settle on a good style eventually, but for right now, things may vary just a little bit.
0: So that's what we're going to be doing, but right now we want to take a brief moment to tell you a little bit about who we are. Uh, I do think it's important to say right at the beginning of all of this that there are a lot of things That I believe which as this goes on I am gonna get into from time to time but as the jars of clay song liquid so eloquently says this is the one thing that I know and that is Yahweh is God and I am NOT hallelujah he did send his son Yeshua uh, which transliterated into English is Jesus to die on a cross for our sins and to take the penalty that we deserve away from us.
1: Hallelujah. Thank you, God.
0: He did this because he loves us, and he desires to be loved by us, and he rose again, conquering sin and death for our benefits. I want to be very clear that that's where I'm coming from with all of this. I, like all of you, can be messed up on individual points, but that is one point I will never back away from. Now, a little bit about me, I was born in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, I grew up in Marshalltown, Iowa, and I consider that my hometown. Other than a brief stint in the Portland, Oregon area, I say brief stint, is about two years, uh, I've lived in Iowa all of my life. And I'm happy for that. I, I like Iowa, I really do. I'm, I'm, I feel blessed to have grown up here. Now, I don't remember a time when I didn't know God. But I do remember a time when I didn't know him the way I do now. I don't have a single come to Jesus moment that many of you do. But I do have hundreds and hundreds of aha moments where he did reveal himself to me in a deeper, more passionate way for one reason or another. Now that could be because at the time I was digging deeper and I was doing the investigative journalism and the research of just seeking him and his word the way that we're going to do here. It could be because at that moment in my life I was crying out in desperate prayer and he revealed himself to me. Or there are a number of other reasons, but I can tell you this, he has continued to make himself more and more real to me many, 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 many times in my life. Now, in college, I remember a friend of mine just dismissing any belief I had by saying, Muslim children believe what their parents taught them, Hindu children believe what their parents taught them, and I believe what I believe simply because that's what my parents believe. And that offended me greatly at the time. Because in that statement, it denied that I had any capability of intelligently analyzing truth for myself. Yes, I get it. We're all influenced by our parents and others as we grow. But even by that time, I had grown so much that the young man that I was didn't look much like the little boy that I used to be. Even as the older man that I am now doesn't look much like the young man that I was. And I believe if I'm still around in 20 years, I'm going to look back on who I am at this time, and I'm going to marvel at how much I've changed and, and how much my understanding of God has been perfected. Throughout my entire life, I have critically examined my beliefs and I have changed as I've found certain areas wanting and other areas supported by the evidence and by logic. Now, when I began, I began at a church of God in Marshalltown, Iowa. Uh, at least that's my First memory of church. If my parents were here, maybe they could tell you, no, uh, you didn't. You started at this church, but I don't remember anything else. Church of God is my first memory of church, and a lot of wonderful things came out of that place. I am very grateful to my parents and my grandparents for loving me and trying to reveal God to me as best they could, and the Church of God was a big part of that. Uh, I do appreciate them. I went to Sunday school and vacation Bible school, and I learned all the basics about the Bible. I got a very good, solid foundation of the Bible there, and and I appreciate that. My grandmother even taught most of my classes. My first best friend even came from that church, Scott Evans, and I would learn years later that his first name was actually William. Uh, Scott was his middle name, but that's what he went by, and I still think of him that way. But there were other not-so-great things, too, that made me question what was going on. For one thing, the sermons, which I was only exposed to once I got to that age when I was expected to stay awake in church, were very bland and dull, and they didn't really teach me anything. Uh, the only thing I distinctly from, remember from them is that I don't distinctly remember anything from them. Uh, looking back, I have a sense of dull repetition Uh, but I was so bored that I did the only thing in church that my parents would let me get away with. I read the Bible. Uh, that, That gave me a greater understanding of it and allowed for easier, deeper study of it later than life. So looking back, I realized that God was moving in me in that way, and I consider myself blessed for that experience. But sitting there in those pews reading the Bible even from a child's very shallow point of view uh, one of the things that struck me was how exciting and alive that it was and it amazed me how dull and lifeless it could become in a place like that now another not so great memory was that when my curiosity and my thirst for knowledge about god grew it truly surprised me how often I would be absolutely shut down in my search. I asked my pastor a question about the book of Revelation one time. I dis- I distinctly remember this. And I was stopped before I could go on. And I was told, Revelation was not for me. Just Just stop that question, don't go on. I should just ignore Revelation. I remember being told it shouldn't even be considered a part of the Bible by my pastor. I have to admit, that answer depressed me, and it fostered an early distrust of people in leadership in religious circles. Uh, and I'm sorry to say, that was not the last time that a religious leader sought to shut down my seeking God. On that note, I do want to mention that I have uh, many friends and, and people that I know who are pastors that I consider men of God and women of God and are trying their best to be God, Uh, to other people. I don't want to sound like I'm attacking everyone in leadership, but I am stating that this is a common problem that I've seen. A lot of religious leaders act this way, and I, I wish I knew why. I wish I knew more about that. Now, when I was entering junior high, My parents apparently felt the way I did about the lack of life in that church, so they decided to attend a new non-denominational charismatic church in town that was called the Light of Life. And I do laugh when I think about it now, but I remember at the time, my grandparents, they were honestly worried we had joined a cult. (laughs) Um, But anyway, uh, it just makes me laugh now to think about it. But I felt that God was actually... As exciting and alive as the Bible portrayed him to be in that place it was the first time uh, God I felt he was truly moving in a body of people it was a time where I witnessed very real miracles Uh, it was a place where they sang loudly and full of joy in worship and it was the first time that I remember being encouraged to actually start digging into the Bible beyond just the surface of the biblical stories and teachings and look for the amazing additional truths that God had placed in deeper and deeper levels. Still, that church had its problems as well. Uh, Its eventual decline, uh, in my opinion, which is far from conclusive reality, centered around the fact that we had passed through a genuine move of God, I believe that. We did. God moved in that place, and then he wanted to move on and show us something else, but the people there didn't want to leave that emotional high. We, we wanted the excitement and the thrill and the wonderful gifts of God, uh, but didn't necessarily want the severity or judgment of God. We loved the lamb, but we didn't want to know the lion. And God needs to be known as both, I've come to understand. But I reiterate that is an opinion formed from my own observations and experiences. I do not want that treated as truth from God on high. I have always been extremely shy and introverted, which is probably making you wonder why I'm here now doing this. Uh, I've also been very analytical. Uh, I had already begun to write stories at this time, but it was during this time that I began performing on stage. Uh, Now, like, you've got to be wondering, you're shy and introverted, so what were you thinking? Well, it was partially a calculated design. I had analyzed the simple fact that one day soon I would be in a place where I had to get a job and deal with people in an uncomfortable manner, so part of my motivation for getting into drama was the desire to learn how to fake interacting with people comfortably. It's still not something I'm natural at. Uh, if it sounds like I'm natural, it's it's by design. It's, 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 it, thank God uh, for, for guiding me this direction and allowing me the ability to do this because it's not a strength of mine. And when I look back upon my stage career, so to speak, if you can call it a career, I can see God's hand at work. I, I like to tell people that God often uses us in our weakest areas so that when there's any success whatsoever, He gets all the glory. And any successes that came from me being on stage is a very, very good example of that. The first piece I ever performed in front of an audience, uh, I'd like to tell you this story, was a monologue by a group known as Isaac Air Freight, and it was called Bible Junkie. Now, I didn't consciously do this on purpose, but I realized later how God was guiding me into this because as I stood in front of that microphone, in front of those people, and I visibly and uncontrollably shook and stuttered and stammered in fear, uh, it worked. It worked wonderfully because the piece is a parody of a man at an AA mid- meeting Revealing that he has a problem. I remember I remember getting up there on stage and the very first thing I said, we were gonna do other skits and pieces, and I got up in front of the microphone and I said, Before we start, uh I I have a confession to make and I'm literally I'm just shaking with fear. I said I'm 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 a junkie. And the the hush in that audience, because they thought I was serious, they didn't think it was Acting. They thought I was about to give a, commi- uh, a confession, and my next words were, a Bible junkie, and the laughter that erupted, I think, was more from the sheer, the, the stress being relieved. Oh, this is a piece. Oh, thank you, God, that this is not serious. But, so everyone thought my genuine fear was a part of that performance, and I just went with it. My college and my early adulthood years became a series of going from one church to the next for various reasons, usually because my new wife, Krista and I were moving often and looking for work. So we were not spending much time anywhere. But uh, we were getting to know a lot of various people and a lot of theological variances. The bulk of my growth as a Christian in this time uh, came mostly from external sources. I read, I studied, I prayed. Not always very well and sometimes not very often, which I needed a swift kick in the butt to get me moving again from time to time. And there are many things that God has taught me throughout my life uh, and until now, but two of them I want to share with you as I wrap this up at this time. The first one is that I learned everybody is screwed up. Each denomination tends in some way, whether they consciously say it or not, and some of them do, but each denomination tends in some way to feel like they have exclusive truth and everybody else is royally messed up. Well, I'm here to tell you that they're half right. Everybody is messed up. Everybody is screwed up in some way. We need to humble ourselves before God. And acknowledge that and ask him to fix where we're messed up but the second thing I learned is that God truly and genuinely loves them all to wrap up my section um, there's one thing I want to state just because it might cause some confusion my name is Scott Snyder and I write a comic book now Uh, I'd like to shamelessly plug this. You can go to spiritmancomics.com or gorillaheadcomics.com. They're both absolutely free. Don't charge a dime. They're free online comics. Uh, Please, check them out. Uh, But I'm not just shamelessly plugging the comic. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I coincidentally happen to have the name, Scott Snyder, of another comic book writer. Uh, He's written for Batman. He's written for Superman. And uh, I just, just in case there's anyone out there going, is that the Scott Snyder? No, no, I'm not him. I don't want to, don't want to be confused with him. Uh, He's a good writer. Uh, I've read his stuff, but uh, I'm not him. It's the only thing I wanted to point out.
1: So you're telling me you're not that Scott Snyder? I'm
0: not that Scott Snyder. I've gone to Comic-Cons and people, you know... The, the the people giving the Comic-Con, they see my name as a presenter, and they're like, we're getting him? And I have, so I've learned, I have to, when I'm signing up for these, write down, I'm not that Scott Snyder.
1: <laughs> well, that was the only reason why I was here, so <laughs> that's a little depressing. Okay.
0: All right. Well, with that, I want to turn it over to my partner, Brad, who's going to let you know a little bit more about where he's coming from.
1: All right. Well, my name is Brad. My last name, Alan. Brad Allen. And I have seriously been chasing after a relationship with God for only about four years now. I must admit that my life up to that point was not always easy. And I had many challenges placed before me. I was also very stubborn against the idea that God was a personal God involved in our lives and that we could have a relationship with Him. I always believed in God's existence but I regret how I treated him. I often thought of him in the wrong way. Knowing what I know now and having experienced his love in my life, it truly breaks my heart to know that I was not returning that same love to him. Before I tell you more about me, I hope you will understand and take away from my testimony that God worked in my life even when I was in rebellion to him. And I thank him and cherish him for not giving up on me. Really, my testimony is about him. I hope that anyone in a challenging situation can look at my story and see that God is able and willing to move in their lives too. It is up to each of us to invite him in. But if you do and if you put your trust in him there is no challenge too tough for the almighty to get you through so that being said here's some facts about me i have lived in iowa all of my life most of it in or around the des moines area i was baptized catholic but growing up my family and i did not attend church in fact When I try to remember any early memories of church or religion, I cannot recall much. Being an outsider of religious institutions, honestly, I was nervous about churches when I was younger. Being an outsider the few times I attended a service, I was always nervous about the traditions and preoccupied with worry that people would know I did not belong there. I remember one time when I was very young, I was told I was going to be drinking the blood of Christ and I got really concerned. I could not believe these people were going to make me drink blood. Imagine my relief when it turned out just to be juice. It is hard when you have never attended a service and everyone else already knows what they should be doing.
0: That's intimidating.
1: It really truly is. I was always worried. That I would not sing a hymn correctly, get the words wrong, or get the tune wrong. Or maybe I wouldn't cross myself correctly and someone would know I was an outsider. In my mind, they would point me out and say, kick him out of here. You know, instinctively, I had a curiosity about God, but it would be a long time before I would really know God or chase God. Unfortunately, my early experiences with church made me hesitant to know God better at that time. While growing up, my mom and I moved many times. I was the child of a single parent, and my mom struggled with her own addictions. This sometimes caused conflict in my young life, but that being said, I adored and loved my mother. Knowing what I know now, I can see how that conflict shaped me into who I am, but also prepared me to help her find God in the last few years of her life. God saw to it that my mom would be a gift to me, but because of God and because of the struggles, I learned that I could also be a gift to her. At the time, I didn't understand why I had to go through all the conflict I did there were many challenges placed before me to overcome. And I wish I could say I conquered them all with strength and confidence and stayed true to the moral code I tried to convince everyone was a part of whom I was. But that just isn't true. Looking back, I, I don't even believe it. I stumbled many times. And then I stumbled many more times. I still stumble today, but now the difference is I understand that stumbling is a great way to learn a valuable lesson. When I was a teenager, I struggled with my own selfishness. I was often angry at God, angry at myself, and the world. I was envious of what I thought were normal families, and often wondered if there was something wrong with me. I met my dad when i was about 15 for all of just a few minutes it was just long enough for him to introduce his current wife and then explain there was no room for me in his life and his current family once again i would wonder what was wrong with me i was often depressed and lacked any motivation to do anything other than feed my selfishness but then god did something amazing he started introducing himself to me. God sent Greg Gall into my life. Greg was a social worker who would come to visit me, and he helped encourage me. He was the first great male role model of my life. He was a Christian, and he was a Christian who truly lived his values. I had never seen anything like it before. I saw in him something that I desperately wanted to be a part of, He would never force God into my life, but he would encourage my search. You know, God doesn't force himself in there. And this is exactly what Greg was showing me. You know, God wants to have a relationship with us, but he won't force it. If I had a question during this time, and I... I went to Greg. He would explain where I could find the answer. You know, he might, he might give me a little taste of a story from the Bible. And that just, you know, got me curious. So I read my Bible. I tried reading it cover to cover. And in those early days, I would get annoyed with myself for not always understanding what I was reading. I was wanting answers so badly. I wanted to be that person, but I was not truly seeking. I was not yet reading with understanding and prayer. Something tragic happened to Greg. Shortly after he came into my life, he was taken away. Another troubled client of his actually murdered him while Greg was trying to assist him. This was devastating to me. It put a stop to my reading of the bible and i just continued to feed my selfishness and worked on having some sort of life i would dive deeply back into the things of the world and it would still be some time before i would follow god years would pass and i would grieve it would take a while before i would truly chase god My mom beat her addictions at this point in my life, and we worked on making up for lost time. I made friends, and I hung out with them. But all along, I had a voice in my head saying, I should be chasing God. But I would ignore it. Until one day, I was feeling deep depression creeping into my life. And I hit my knees, and I prayed. It was truly... An honest prayer, probably the first honest prayer of my life. God, are you there? What should I do? The answer I got was read my Bible. So I did, cover to cover. I think something miraculous happened. I started to have eyes that see. I started to understand things better. I started doing research. I looked at myself and examined where I was in life. I started doing devotionals, and it just so happened that one of those devotionals would be super important to get me to where I am now. The devotional made me look at the people I surrounded myself with. Did I have anybody that was a Christ lover in my life? I realized I did not. I had surrounded myself with atheists, I had surrounded myself with people who were not chasing God so I got down on my knees and I prayed I asked God to help me find someone that was also chasing someone who would be an accountability partner when I felt like I was failing when I needed support when I needed encouragement shortly after that I started a new job and I met Scott it's funny but i would not understand until almost a year into our weekly sabbaths that god had answered my prayer it literally dawned on me one day while we were just having discussion it was overwhelming god is answering our prayers when we pray something that is god's desire for us too it happens scott and i started out slowly We would talk about God here or there, get together for game days. Scott would share pieces of himself with me, and I realized this guy is chasing after a relationship with God, and this is something I want too. I started chasing after that relationship and diving as deep as I could. Scott and I started meeting frequently for fellowship and study. What's amazing is I can see all the little strands that had to had to work themselves out perfectly for all of these things to happen. And even more so, meeting Scott, I also met his niece who would become my wife. Which means that Scott is actually my uncle or my befunkle, my BFF uncle, as I like to call him. I'm gonna share something with you now that happened that was probably one of the biggest experiences of my life. One day, I was reviewing my life, and I came to the realization that I had sinned terribly against God. I was guilty, and God in his righteousness could pass judgment on me, and he would be right to do so. I had broken his moral code, and what was worse is I was a hypocrite. Even when I started chasing that relationship, I was still sinning. Even after I started to know God, I was breaking his heart. My seven-month-old baby girl was sleeping next to me while I was having this realization. I started to get overwhelmed by my sins and all the times I hurt God, and I started to lose it. I was crying. I was upset. It was affecting me deeply and emotionally. Doubt started to come into my mind. I did not think it was possible I could be loved after all the harm I had done. My baby stirred. She heard me or she felt the tension because she started to wake up and cry. She was upset too, but I was so distraught myself, the best I could do to comfort her was to just kind of pick her up and gently bounce her up and down on my knee. Here I am in the midst of tears and, and, and pain, and suddenly I realize my baby's giggling and laughing. I looked at her and I realized she's looking off over my shoulder at something that was making her just so joyful. I turned to see what she was looking at and had the most empowerful encounter of my life. Literally only a hundredth of a second, but I saw a flash of what was there. I have no doubt it was Jesus. He stood there surrounded by the brightest light I have seen, but it was not harsh to the eyes. Only for a hundredth of a second that I saw him. Suddenly I was overtaken by the most amazing feeling of love and joy and comfort. I was still crying, but now they were tears of joy. My baby in my arms, I fell to the ground and, and we just, she laid there on my chest and we just rolled back and forth laughing. Never in my life have I ever experienced such joyful laughter. Laughter he turned my tears to laughter within a hundredth of a second the moment I needed him the most. The encounter was short and intense, but if this is what it felt like for just a hundredth of a second, I can only imagine what being with him for eternity will be like. That is the moment that I realize I love him. I will praise him. And I am thankful he is God. We are truly blessed that he is God. Shortly after this encounter, my mom would start joining Scott and I for Bible study and Sabbath, and I thank God so much for that. Shortly after she joined us, she got sick. She would pass away, but I know she was saved chasing after the relationship just like Scott and I were. And I know that we played a part in that. We got to introduce her to God. The real God, not the idols that we made up for ourselves. And it was about this time too that I had another thought. Something amazing, God revealed something to himself, something of himself to me absolutely amazing and and it's really a simple truth i just never saw it before i have a father i have a father in heaven who loves me being a fatherless child i was overwhelmed by that thought but so much more than that he's my everything my father my guide my discipliner He's everything that I could possibly need. The more I have chased, the more I have worked on that relationship with God, the more amazing things have happened. I have become part of an amazing family, not just close family, but an amazing family of Christ lovers. I get to study and learn more about the God of the universe, and this continually excites me. The insights that I've been given overwhelm me in the most glorious ways. You know, in my life, I have made many mistakes. My journey has not always been easy. I have hurt people, and I have been hurt by people. I have been angry, and I have been depressed. I have spent many nights in tears. I have given much of myself to others, and more than I could give has been taken at times. But with God's help and God's support, I have learned to forgive myself and to forgive others. I still have so much growing to do. But let me say this. These podcasts, you will see some of that growth. And it thrills me that you will be a part of that. It thrills me that I will get to share the love that I've experienced with you, with Scott, with anyone. And that's me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So that's a bit of who we are. Uh, That's what we're going to be doing. Um, I do want to say, we're just kind of wrapping this up now. Um, As we go on, You've heard a little bit about who we are. Uh, as we do this, we realize we're not perfect, uh, but that's part of why we're doing this, is like we said, we wanna encourage you who think you're not perfect, who, who think that, no, I, I can't chase God, I can't study God, I need someone else to do all my thinking for me. Uh, no, that's not the way God wanted it. God wants you, he loves you so much, Uh, He wants you to go after Him. Like we said before, we're here to help, and other people, God sent to help you, but ultimately it comes down to He wants a relationship with you individually. Go after Him. We're hoping that this is encouragement to you. If we can do it, you can do it. So, with that being said, as we go on, we're going to try our best to see all sides and realize we're not perfect. We're just going to reveal the truth that God has laid in our hearts and the excitement and the joy of new things we've discovered, sometimes, you know, I can tell you, sometimes we're going to be digging into uh, the Bible and there are things that fascinate me, but I don't have a conclusion. I don't have any idea where this is going to go. As I'm teaching my son, uh, my young, my son's 19 now, but when when I was having Bible study with him at a young age, One of the things I would tell him is that when you read something and you look up and you say, honestly, I have no idea uh, what that's all about. That's a valid response. That's a good response to have. It's okay to go there and to just put that off in your mind and go, I'm gonna store that for later. Someday I will learn something new that will make that real to me in some better way. I've I've done that so many times or someone teaches me something, or I learn a new truth that goes, oh, that's why that matters. That, may, that verse makes sense to me now. And that's part of what we're going to try to do here.
1: And that will come in God's timing. Sometimes you might learn something years after you got that first bit of information.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, that happens all the time. Uh, I don't know how many times I've read a verse over and over and over and over and over, and on the... 932nd time you the light goes on and you suddenly go oh my goodness oh my goodness that's oh because of an experience you just had the other day uh because of a teaching because of something that happened you go that means so much more to me now than it ever has before
1: well i think when you're in different stages of your life you read that same verse over and over and over again but in different stages of your life it'll have new meaning yes and every verse you know, it can have different meaning for other people. It can have a different meaning for you, but it's all truth. Yes. If it's from the Spirit, it's all truth. Mm
0: -hmm. So we, like everyone else, are biased by uh, our lives, things we've heard and so on, but we're both going to try our best to see this with fresh eyes, to see this from God's perspective. And um, I want to state something else too. I... I get depressed easily when I try to study and I listen to other people and they come to conclusions that I have already determined in my studies I know are wrong and it's like no you can't go there you know that and they treat that as a foundation from where they're moving forward so I feel like I I can't learn anything from this person because they're off on the wrong track so when I can I'm gonna try to avoid doing that myself and I'm gonna try to see all sides and we're going to try to discuss this, at least for my part. Uh, I can't speak for Brad on this. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to try to point out all the possibilities that this could be saying. Because, like I said before, I know one thing, that, that God is not me. Uh, I know who he is, but everything else, I'm learning the same as you. Uh, Brad?
1: You know that learning really is one of the greatest adventures you can ever go on. Yes. I mean, I've only been doing this for a short period of time and I just can't wait what the future is going to hold. What new things am I going to discover? What new th- new insights am I going to get? I'm I'm more of a an emotional creature. So I, I can go to extremes. I can be overwhelmed and excited. Or if I feel like I'm getting misled, I will shut down and go inside. My hope is that I share my genuine excitement with you. Because inside me, that's who I am. I'm shouting, I'm screaming, I I just got to get it out there. I love God. And I want others to love God too. Because I know it's worth it.
0: And that concludes our very first ever podcast. Uh, We'd like to thank you all for joining us today. It is our sincere hope that these podcasts will assist you in your walk with God. So this is Scott.
1: And this is Brad. And this has been Not About Us.